0: Deep down inside, you know family life should be fun, but also have purpose. However, somewhere along the way, your values, your beliefs, and the expectations you had for your family have gotten lost in the midst of everyday life.
1: We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're on a mission to help you become the family you were meant to be. Whether you've been a parent for a while, just starting out, or thinking of becoming one, this podcast will inspire you to design and create a thriving family culture.
0: It's great to know what your values are, but they are meaningless if they're on their own.
1: Welcome to the Family Culture Project, Episode 7. Today we'll be talking more about values and why simply knowing what yours are is not enough to build a strong family culture.
0: Now we've all seen the posters, the ones that include a beautiful image and a list of values that a company stands for. These large signs proclaim what's important to the founder. However, the organization's members typically go about their days continuing with habits that just don't line up with the words displayed.
1: So a great example of this, I think, is Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, if you walk in some of their branches, one of their key slogans was, we want to satisfy our customers' financial needs and help them succeed financially. And if you are, you know, in tune to some of the somewhat recent scandals, it's about a year old, um, you know, Wells Fargo was in a situation where there was a large portion of their, their operation where they were under such sales pressure to raise money, to get, you know, to get more money financially for themselves, really, the firm and its investors, that they lost their sight of their core values, which was satisfy our customers' financial needs and help them succeed financially. Um, so so you can see where you can have these core values, you can say these core values, you can put them up in your branch, but if your company is, it, is in a situation where it's allowing other forces to influence its managers, it's influence its employees, you're drilling down into the corporation that that's not really that important, this is more important. Mm-hmm. So you've lost sight of your your core values for another purpose and and many companies there's many examples of this i think in many companies you ever walk in just uh you ever walk into an office where they advertise um you know you know just the thing about a dentist office where they advertise we're the friendliest dentist office right and you go in there and you you walk into the front desk and the person that first greets you or the person you 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 call on the phone is is seemingly unhappy that you're there or seemingly unhappy that you called them and that you're actually bothering them. (laughs) So again, if you've got somebody at your front desk, but one of your slogans is that we're the friendliest dentist, maybe the dentist is very friendly, but the person at the front desk who's creating the first impression Needs to be friendly as well.
0: You know, after we came up with our family mission statement, I put it in a frame. I did what everybody else was doing on Pinterest and I put it on a chalkboard with beautiful letters and I hung it up in our foyer. And we read it to the kids, but then it just kind of went away. Like we forgot about it. We did all this work and we had this wonderful statement. And guess what? It didn't miraculously change behavior. It didn't change the way we did life. You know, and one of the reasons why is because we didn't make it actionable. We didn't give it meaning. So our mission statement was really the combination of all our values and what we were passionate about and what was important to us. But there was language in that mission statement and there were words on our values list that really meant nothing to our kids. And that's not because they didn't know what those words meant. I'm pretty sure they do know what certain words mean, but I'm pretty sure they don't understand what all of our values mean when it comes to everyday life. So for example, when I ask Aaron to clean his room and he says he's done and I walk into his room and I see that he's not done, that he hasn't done it in excellence, just me simply saying, Aaron, we need to do things in excellence. It doesn't mean anything to him. It doesn't mean anything to our 10-year-old. It doesn't mean anything to our 12-year-old, our 14-year-old. What, what does mean something to them is when we say, you need to do this over with excellence. When we do something with excellence, we do it thoroughly and we do it promptly.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the kids, um, the kids get it through us really kind of modeling the behavior uh, to your point where they don't just get it meaning they might have heard it in school and, and read a definition out of Webster's on what excellent it is. But living out excellence for us in our home and what that means, um, it, it, takes, it's, it takes a little while for them to actually then visualize the word to what that really means to us. And when you tell them to do something now, they know, or if I tell them to do something now, we're not saying do that in excellence.' They're just, we're saying go we need you to um, clean up your room. They know they they know we want it done in excellence because that's a, that's a family value and we've worked that in as one of our core values and we practice it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we explain to them when, when it's not an excellence, the funny thing that I do with the kids sometimes too, is I'll take a picture of excellence after I've done something that we've asked them to do. And then, and then I took a picture before when, when, when Aaron still has a few things laying on the floor and I said, excellence, not excellence. And so you actually visually show them, um, just kind of just in a joking way, not to make them feel bad, but just, again, just. You know, going along with those family values.
0: Mm -hmm. But before we were able to tell them what excellence meant, we needed to decide, the two of us, what it meant to us because we have very different definitions of things based on what we've experienced growing up or previous to knowing each other. You know, for example, like your definition of clean. And what yeah. the kitchen should be clean like was very different than my definition of clean when we yeah. first got married. <laughs> that
1: created a little tension here and there.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah. you want... No, that's a
1: good point. As adults, we think we know what we mean when we say a word. But even for us, you say clean and I say clean. And to us, it means two different things. Not in any kind of drastic way, but in a, in a point that we need to clarify, well, what does that mean for us together? Mm-hmm. So that we're we're living that out in agreement mm-hmm. at, as the leaders of the home, then we can lead that down to our children rather than mommy's definition of clean versus daddy's definition of yeah. clean. And, and it's two different things. So the kids are confused.
0: Yeah. So how much more important is it, is it for us to get on the same page where it pertains to a value word, that word that we're trying to build the culture of our family around?
1: So words like creativity, integrity, and efficiency are just nouns or abstractions. You have a great general understanding of what they mean, but what do they look like practically for you and your family?
0: So how you do that is you take your value and you translate it into simple, practical behaviors or steps that you can take every day. And these are behaviors that can be repeated. These are behaviors that can be coached behaviors that can also be celebrated over time. So turning that abstract concept or that value, that noun, into a verb is how you start to put together the framework of what your values are.
1: Yeah, it's the repetitive nature of reinstilling that into your day-to-day that will get the whole family in line with and, and understanding explicitly what our core values are and how to live them out each day. You can't just state it once and it's done kids aren't going to understand it or get it. I might not even understand it completely. Um, but living it out every day, not putting just up a sign, um, but talking about it, explaining it. And as you go through this day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, your culture is just ingrained within, um, your family and your mindset
0: So creating culture is actually a teaching function. That means that when you develop these methods or these practices, behaviors, and habits that point to the values that you believe are important, they can be taught, they can be coached, and they can be celebrated over and over again until they become habits.
1: In the book, Fundamentally Different, David Friedman talks about creating practices and habits that align with your values and how that ultimately creates the culture. A great example of a company who does this is Risk Carlton. Even though they have 32,000 employees in 78 countries, they have a consistent culture across every single location. Every value they have corresponds with practices and behaviors. So every day, every shift in every department, in every property, the team gathers for 10 or 20 minutes, and they go over what's called the basic of the day. The basic of the day is effectively an action that goes along with their values that they're gonna be focusing on for that particular day and week. These values, when translated into behavior, become their culture. And as a result, the customer has the same experience no matter what location or hotel they stay in, no matter what country they're in.
0: So much like Ritz-Carlton, as a family, you can translate your values into behaviors.
1: They become actionable, repeatable, observable and measurable let's go over each one of those actionable it means it can be acted upon repeatable means it can be done over and over again just like ritz carlton repeats their basic of the day over and over again and they cycle through all 32 observable others will notice your customers will notice your children will notice the people around you will notice measurable You and others can gauge the success of it in your life. You know when you're living this out the right way.
0: Okay, so... Let's talk about how you turn those values into behaviors. Essentially what you're doing is you're taking a noun and you're giving a verb to it. So listen for the verbs as I talk to you about generosity. Generosity happens to be one of our family's values. And so for us, it means something completely different than it would mean for another family. But here's what it means to us. We live within our means and we don't spend more than we earn. We budget money to give away. We cook and purchase meals for people in our community that have a baby, lose a family member, or who are struggling. And we increase our income, resources, and wealth so that we can bless others. So instead of just telling our kids, let's be generous, we have very specific ways that we can teach them to be generous.
1: And it translates into what we do day to day and decisions that we make and where we choose to be generous and understanding that you know our children have a good understanding that this is part of that core value.
0: So when you heard me talk about the practices that align with our values, these were the verbs I used. I said, we live, we budget, we give, we cook, we purchase. All of a sudden I'm taking this abstract concept and I'm turning it into a very practical principle.
1: Yeah, the shorter these value statements are, the better. You want them to be sticky. You want them to be something the kids understand. But again, it's, it's about what you're going to live out and how you're living it out and how you're repeating it to your children. It's not just actually doing it. It's actually making sure that they understand which value you're aligning against and you do it on a consistent, repeatable basis.
0: You know, and as parents, you can build systems and develop incentives around your practices, which is essential in training your children. It's really difficult to reward or acknowledge Knowledge or observe if someone's generous if your definition of generosity is different than theirs. And so when everybody gets on the same page about what generous means, you can reward that.
1: This applies to poor families and it also helps uh, greatly when you're correcting your children. So you could get frustrated and yell at your children. But really what you need to do is you need to understand that your children are learning and you're developing them and that you want to tie back that a behavior maybe that they did that you did not like back to what you would have liked seen underneath the core values so like what behavior how how either what they did did not align to the behavior and then again what what they could have done or should have done when they think about next time and it takes more of the emotion out of it
0: yeah, because sometimes when we, I know that I've been guilty of this in the past, but correcting my children based on my mood or whatever is bugging me that day. And so when I have a clear expectation for the value that I want to see in them, when they have a clear expectation for what we would like from them, it just simplifies the correction process, the coaching process, the parenting process, and it eliminates any gray areas.
1: And it actually works well with them. As, as as they get more and more used to this, they'll know when they do a behavior that's outside the core values and they'll immediately identify it, A lot oftentimes themselves. So we don't want you to think that you have to have this all figured out at the
0: beginning. Yeah, you should be flexible. Sometimes you start out with a vision in your head of what it's going to be like, but then really, reality is different. Make your value practices work for your particular circumstances and be willing to change them in different seasons if needed.
1: And, and also just, again, consistency is the key here. It's, it's consistently implementing them consistently going over it and it takes time. This will just become natural to your family and these core values will stick with them. And, and, and this isn't just about how you interact with each other day to day. This is going to help shape their behavior and how they deal with other folks, how they deal with other kids, adults. Um, In other situations that they're going to face and make decisions, these core values are what's going to help drive them.
0: As your definition of your chosen value evolves, so may your practices. This is why you should regularly revisit, revisit this, especially if you start to feel unbalanced and you can't quite figure out why.
1: So to recap, determining your values is your first step. Then decide what that value means practically to you.
0: Values can be taught, coached, and celebrated once you have assigned behaviors and habits that correspond with them. And choose simple statements that include verbs.
1: If you are ready to give your values power in the show notes, you can find a download for a values practice kit. It will walk you through the process of turning your values into simple practices that are actionable, repeatable, observable, and measurable. And remember, family culture is not about perfect it's about purpose.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We'd love for you to help us get the word out about the show by sharing it with a friend or writing a review on iTunes. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a monthly newsletter which will include show notes, resources, and bonus content.